showing our praise to God, we lift our hands to recognize God. Could we just all over this house lift our hands to our great God this morning? And can we just take a few moments and recognize his great name and recognize how we need you, God, in our lives? God, as I'm reminded of that old song, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. As the mountain is too high, the valley is too low. God, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. God, I'm reminded of that song that says, Come Holy Spirit, I need you. And God, as individuals this morning, as families this morning, as a church family this morning, we recognize you, the great God Jehovah, the God of the ages. God, we recognize you. We extol you. We honor you. And God, we recognize our need for you in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, sweet Spirit, we pray. God, bless every home, every family, every person today. God, do only the work that only you can do, God. When we have come to the end of our ropes and the end of our resources, we know, God, that you are able to do all things and work in our lives this morning. Let us leave today with victory in our hearts and in our minds and our eyes fixed up on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in your name we pray this morning. God's people said amen and amen. You may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord today. And I noticed that uh, Quincy must have taken the uh, training wheels off this morning. The praise band, were, they were by themselves today without their leader, and they did a great job, didn't they? Let's give them a good hand this morning. Great job, great job. Well, it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. I just wanted to say, where have you been? Where has everybody been? Now, I feel like it's been forever. I uh, preached from my... Um, I don't know what room it is, one of the rooms in our house uh, for two Sundays in a row there on the, online because of the weather. And then last Sunday, I was in quarantine jail and uh, couldn't come. So <laughs> it's good to be back in the house of the Lord, amen? Aren't you glad, as Pastor Darrell mentioned, for this nice sunny, sunny day and um, good weather this morning to be in God's house and to worship together. God is good, isn't he? God is good. Thank you for all your prayers, and uh, there were a few meals that were slipped by. I appreciate that, and all the messages and, and, and encouragement we got during this time, and we are thankful that uh, Emily, she did have coronavirus, uh, but it was very mild in comparison to what um, some folks have had. Uh, she was sick, pretty sick for a couple of days, first couple of days, and then she turned a pretty dramatic corner and, and was was fine, but we had to keep her in her room, so that was probably the worst part of, of all of it for her. You take a meal, sit it at the door, and knock and run off, you know. <laughs> so the rest of us did not want to get it. The doctor told her two Sundays ago, two Sunday evenings ago, he told her to tell all of the people who lived in her house to get ready that all of you, all of them would get the coronavirus. But I said, I'm not accepting that. And I prayed, I said, God, help us not to get it. And the Lord helped us. We didn't get it. Thank the Lord for that. So um, enjoyed a lot of time at home and um, 
preparing sermons and studying and catching up on some things and sleeping in and watching some TV. I reacquainted myself with TV. I don't know if that's good or bad, but watching some stuff. And so it was, it was good, it was bad, it was boring, you know, all those things, right? But I'm glad to be free this morning. So with that said, having all that time, I will try to finish the sermon by 10.59 today, knowing that, <laughs> Josie, no? Okay. I'll try it by 10.58. I'll be finished in time for the 11 o'clock service today. But today I want it to call Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday. And I want to uh, attempt, with the help of the Lord, to uh, cast not just a one-year vision, but a three-year vision uh, for our church, things that the Lord has put on my heart. This sermon this morning, I reworked it again late last night, somewhere around midnight. I probably finished it up again for about the 500th time, I think. But this has been a process of two years, really. Uh, this past week was our two-year anniversary, somewhere along Thursday or somewhere we've been here two years. And so this has come about from two years of praying and learning and talking and us growing together and God putting things together and the pastoral team coming together under the structure that we have now and all the great things that God has done. So this was not done over the course of a few minutes. These are things well thought out, well prayed about, where our ministry team has talked about these things. Our council has talked about these things. We've prayed and we've, we've come to these conclusions of where God is taking us over the next three years. I'm going to try this morning to keep it mostly along the spiritual realm because I know practical things sometimes can get a little boring to us in a church corporate setting. There are some practical things that I'll mention that we're doing, but there's just keep in mind there are many, a plethora of things that are on the horizon and, and even things and activities that we will figure out and plan over the next three years to go along with the vision as God continues to, to give us wisdom and knowledge to make decisions and plan things. So, so I will be speaking in large, broad strokes in a lot of ways, but I wanted to start this morning with a story I saw a picture at some point over this quarantine of a runner. She was running a, a race, probably a marathon race, and, and the picture showed her down on her knees with her hands lifted up. And I just looked at that and it inspired me. I, I just came up with my own little story based on that picture. And if, I, if you could indulge me, I'll share it with you this morning. And I thought about a distance runner who works diligently and they train for months and months. And they exercise and they eat a proper diet and they practice and they practice and they practice some more. And on the big day of the race, this particular runner that I saw her picture of, she probably did all the right things. She hydrated herself and stretched, positioned herself at the starting line and no doubt when the gun fired to start the race, she charged off of the block and I'm just guessing probably had just an incredible start to the race. Discipline told her as a runner to pace herself. As a marathon runner, you cannot expend all of your energy in the first couple of laps. Not that I would know anything about this. But discipline told her to, to pace herself and lap after lap she she followed that pace she followed that discipline 
And then just at the right time, at the appropriate time, she accelerated quickly to join with the other leaders of the race. And then again, just very calculated as she had practiced, no doubt, many times, she accelerated again to to bring herself ahead of the pack. And each stride on on the race, each time her feet hit the track, she was extending her lead over all of the other runners. And finally, she turns that final corner of the track and the finish line is in sight and she is going towards that finish line with all of her might. She falls to her feet. Here's the picture that I saw. Falls to her knees, lifts her hands up in rejoicing as if she has won the race. But the picture shows a different story. The picture shows the finish line is here and the runner is here. She has stopped just inches away from her destination. She has stopped short of her dream and her destiny. She has stopped short of finishing the race, raises her hands in victory while the other runners pass her by and win the race. I thought about that this morning as individuals and as families. I don't want to stop short of what God has for my life. How about you this morning? Some of us in this room could say we had a good start. Some of us in this room could say we have run a good race up to this point. But how are we gonna finish the race? I don't want to run well and then ultimately fall short of the dreams and the destiny and the visions and the plans that God has for my life and for my family's lives. Nor do I as a church, our church, the Nortonsville Church of God, do I want us to fall short of the destiny that God has for us. You see, the writer of Hebrews tells us about this great cloud of witnesses, this great group of witnesses, heroes, spiritual heroes who finished the course with excellence. You can read about them in Hebrews chapter 11. I believe here at NCOG on Vision Sunday that we too have a group of witnesses, a great cloud of witnesses, those who among this church body have served the Lord faithfully and now they are with the Lord cheering us on, if you will. Those who have invested in the ministry of this church, those who have invested in their families and lives of this church, those who have left behind a testimony and a legacy and that great group of witnesses cheer us on. I wanna be very careful this morning And I want to be very clear this morning, there is no way that I could name all of the names that should be named about the great heritage and legacy of this wonderful church. I want to be very careful and say that up front. So, So please understand that there will be names of people who will come through your mind that God has used, that have invested in the ministry here in the Nortonsville Church of God. But there are names that pop to my mind that just a few I want to throw out this morning as we lay a foundation for the sermon. 
One name is a, a man by the name of George Collier. And I've often wondered about this man. I have read about him in the, in the book that's upstairs that Shirley Sadler put together of the history of the church, the history of the charter members. But I've heard about this man, George Collier, Collier who would walk to church back in the day early to start the fire so we could have church. People like that who've paved the way for us. A man who died young, but left an enduring heritage through his family. I, I think of men by the name, now I've only been here two years, but I would have loved to have met these folks. Let me say that too, but I, I've heard of men named Rentschler and Everett. One, Rentschler was an encourager who visited the hospitals with the pastor and took him to Woodgrill after the visitations. I, I like a man like that. <laughs> Another by the name of Everett, who the story said he was a true worshiper. I've, I've heard of a lady by the name of Dorothy, and, and I, I hear there's much that could be said about Dorothy. I heard she was called an inspector for one thing, but I heard a story that really sparks me, that really encourages my faith about a lady named Dorothy. And that story is that at one point in time that this church, many decades ago, was struggling. And the building was in very, very, that they had at that time was very bad shape. And the state office wanted to close this church down. And people like Dorothy dug their heels in and said, you're not going to close our church. And look what the Lord has done. Amen. I think of council men and women who have helped lead this church with excellence. And there are names that popped into my mind that I put in my notes here. Men like Hollis Collier, men like Jim Palmer, men who decided some number of years ago, not really that long ago, they decided we're going to work together and we're going to get this church, this new building paid off. And today we worship debt free. Today we worship everything on these grounds belongs to the Lord. Isn't that a wonderful testimony? Isn't that a wonderful legacy? I am preaching about a foundation that we are building on this morning. Men and women that God has used along the way. I think about a ladies' ministry that is the best in the state. I'm just going to say it. I've, I've said they're probably the best in the state. I'm just going to say it outright because they are the best in the state that have helped to build this church and to add many, many things through the years here. I think of a pastor and his wife. And if my research is right, somebody texted me this morning. They didn't know I was gonna preach this. Somebody texted me this morning and said that they believe today is the anniversary of Pastor David Allison, Carol Allison, somewhere, she's saying not, not quite. First Sunday of February, we're close, we're close. 1992, 29 years ago, came here with some teenage daughters. Some of them got married off, didn't they? I guess they all did. Came here in 1992 and poured into this church for 27 years and continue to pour into this church, amen? We're building on a strong foundation and then I think of each of you around the room this morning who have faithfully loved God, who have faithfully loved each other, have given of yourselves for the ministry of God's church, and I could name names all day long. 
I don't want us to just celebrate all of these things and all these people and all this wonderful things that God has done and then stop short like that runner of the destiny that God has for us. So we are determined to focus three broad areas over the next three years, faith, families, and facilities. And we'll look at faith first. Today we cast a three-year vision. I wanna ask us a question. What can we do over the next three years to impact the next 30 years? What can we do as individuals to, over the next three years, investing of ourselves into our own lives, into our families' lives, into our church life? What can we do that will impact the next 30 years or even beyond? The word that really sums it all up, that sums up the vision question that I'm asking us this morning, the word is extend. Extend. That sums it up. How do we extend this ministry to the communities around us? How do we extend this ministry to our future generations, to our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren? How do we extend the health and the impact of our church? One way we do this is by being intentional. We must be intentional And what I'm challenging myself to do and what I'm challenging all of us to do is to hear from God this morning and to hear from God in the coming days and weeks and then be intentional about what God is calling us to do. Is that fair enough? Is that all right? And being intentional in investing in our families, being intentional in investing in the life of our church. It's very necessary Let me tell you why. Let me show some some progression of of how things can quickly go in a wrong direction. Judges chapter two, verse 10, said that when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, this is a generation, when he says gathered to their fathers, it means they had passed on. They had passed away. When all that generation, I'm gonna say it this way, had passed away, Another generation arose after them, now this is disturbing, who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. I read that scripture and it disturbs me. I read that scripture and then I think about the context thereof and I see a very disturbing pattern. Let me explain what has happened here Judges chapter two is picking up from Exodus. And what we see generationally here is we see grandparents who had participated in the Exodus, in the leaving of bondage in Egypt. They had crossed the Red Sea miraculously. The grandparents had been freed from bondage by the mighty hand of God and they had left Egyptian slavery. That's the grandparent generation. The parents generation after the grandparents had passed away in the wilderness you know all that story the parents were the ones then that Joshua was able to then lead into the promised land so the parents saw God's mighty hand as he drove out all of the 
Ittites this and Ittites that, all of those enemies that you can read about there in Joshua, they saw the mighty hand of God move in their lives, taking them into the promised land. All these great things that had happened for the grandparents, all these mighty works that had happened for the parents, but yet we get to Judges chapter two and we see the grandchildren and over here, the writer says there arose a generation that did not know God, nor did they know what God had done for Israel. Do I need to preach there any longer or or do we get the point this morning? It's not enough for me to know the mighty hand of God in my life. What about my children? What about my grandchildren? It's not enough for me to know the plan of salvation. It's not enough for me to know just enough to get by and so I'll be okay in the end. What about my children? What about my grandchildren? I rediscovered a song last night from the mid-1990s, back in the good old days, back when I was starting in college, back in the mid-90s. It was a group called For Him. They'd been playing some of that throwback music at youth camp a few summers ago, and I thought, man, I want to find that again, some of those groups like For Him and Mercy Me and uh, Point of Grace and all that back in the, just a little nostalgia for me, if you would indulge me. But last night, just randomly, some kind of YouTube radio channel popped up on my uh, computer. And I I thought, you know, I'm going to click that off, and then I looked at it, and you could start selecting groups of people to listen to. And at any rate, I found this group that I loved many years ago for him. And I found this song as I was sitting there studying and preparing. This song came on and I thought, this is my sermon. This is the faith that we want to pass on. It says, we need to get back to the basics of life. A heart that is pure and a love that is blind. A faith that is fervently grounded in Christ because Christ is the hope who endures for all times. The song really was written in the mid-90s, but it was almost like I cannot believe how it describes today in 2021. The song went on to say in one of the verses, we've we've turned a page for a new day has dawned. Doesn't it feel like we've turned a page and a new day has dawned in our culture and it's not a good day in that regard, is it? We've rearranged what is right and what is wrong. And we've drifted so far from the truth that we can't get back home. Boy, that'll preach in 2021, won't it? It says, where are the virtues that once gave us light? Where are the morals that once governed our lives? And then the writer of the song goes on to say, someday we all will awake and look back to what we've lost. This was from the good old days. This was from the mid-1990s, but boy, we don't live in the mid-1990s any longer, do we? How this rings true in 2021. The writer went on to say, the newest rage is to reason it out. Just meditate, just, just think about it yourself, and you can overcome every doubt. After all, man is a God, they say. God is no longer alive. Isn't that where we have arrived in this society in which we live. 
But I like how they ended the song. I like how the songwriter ended the lyrics when he said, but I still believe in the old rugged cross. Am I preaching to anyone this morning who still believes in the old rugged cross? I still believe there's hope for the lost and I know that the rock of all ages will stand through the changes of time. This is the essence of our faith. Here it is. Here, here's the vision that I want to cast for our church over the next three years in, in regards to faith. We will proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know that sounds fundamental. I know that fa- sounds simple, but I want to declare to us this morning, we are a Bible-believing church. Can I get a good amen right there? Amen. We will unashamedly and uncompromisingly declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are not a civic organization. We are not a club. We are not a gathering. We are the church of the living God. And furthermore, as part of this vision, we will be a New Testament church in every sense of the concept. Let me say it, let me proclaim it one more time. We will be a New Testament church in every sense of the concept. We will be word-centered. We will be Holy Spirit-filled and empowered and equipped. And we will be fully engaged in ministry, loving and caring and giving. That's our vision under faith. Many things we'll do to accomplish that vision. One, first and foremost, I realize my responsibility in that one right there to preach to you effectively and with the help of the Holy Spirit week after week after week. And it's my responsibility to diligently seek God, say, God, what is it that needs to be brought forth from your pulpit? Amen? So not only faith, but let's look at families. Let's look at families, faith, families, and facilities. Let's look at families. In society and in culture, by and large, the family is in trouble. The family is in trouble. The God ordained and the God designed, and God did ordain families, right? God did design families, right? The God ordained and the God designed family unit is under attack like never before. Some say as the family goes, so goes the church. Some say as the church goes, so goes the family. I say both of those statements are true. God has designed the family, God has designed the church, and families and church is interconnected. They're to equip and to help and to bless each other and they're all part of the godly design of pattern of of ministry and of living. I want us to look at our vision verse this morning in relation to families. The vision verse of our church for the next three years, Isaiah 58 and 12, says this, those from among you shall build the old waste places You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. 
You shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of, I like the version that says paths, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Now more than ever, we need to take and build upon the foundation that is here and reach out to a lost and hurting and dying world and be repairers and restorers. We need to tell men and women and boys and girls that your life can be put back together. I still believe that Jesus Christ put li puts lives back together. I still believe that Jesus Christ is the answer. I still believe this morning, if you're watching online or if you're sitting here in the congregation today and you say, Pastor, my life is out of hand. I don't know what to do. I'll tell you what to do. The first step is get a hold of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ still puts hearts and lives back together. And I pray God, as this church, let us be ambassadors of Christ and to reach out and be repairers and be restorers, and let's declare, and let's pray, and let's work towards, and let's believe that things can be different in our families, and in our families of our churches, and in the families of this community, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Repairs of the breach, restorers of streets, paths to dwell in. Basically, he's saying, let's put lives back together. Let's put lives back together. And I say, God, do that work here at the Nortonsville Church of God. There's some practical things that, that we're gonna plan on doing over these next three years. We wanna offer special, some of these things we've started already and we're gonna just keep doing and enhance, but special electives from time to time to, to focus on moms, focus on dads, to focus on marriages, to focus on financing, to focus on parenting. Maybe we'll have a conference from time to time. I don't know exactly all the details, but we're gonna intentionally do things that we can pour in to families and to, to help people play their role in their family. The second practical thing we've already started is the prayer for the generations. If you're not part of that, please see Pastor Allison or Sister Allison this morning and, and have your family add it to the list. They have a list of children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And this includes adult children and adult grandchildren and even adult great-grandchildren if you have, have those. But people have taken those names and have adopted them and they're praying for those families. If you'd like to be a part of that, if you would like to adopt a family, see them. If you have family members and you wanna add their names to this initiative, please see them and, and do that. Prayer is the key. And then finally, I wanna cast a very big, audacious goal this morning, and it's not gonna happen unless with the help of God and us working together, but I say, let's cast a big goal. I pray God help us to add 30 new families to our church over the next three years. Is that a commendable goal? I believe we can do it. God help us to add 30 new families to this church that we can pour into and that God can raise up and bless over these next three years. And finally, facilities. Faith and family and facilities extend. What can we do over the next three years to impact the next 30 years? First, we wanna continue our long-term 
investment in our beautiful facilities. You've, you've noticed things that have happened around here over the last several months. We wanna continue those things. Right now, we are in the process of, of um, updating and, and just preparing the children's areas and the youth areas over in the former building over there. It's coming along marvelously, and I'm so excited about that. But we wanna finish those projects. And then here in the sanctuary, there's some practical things that we're gonna need to, we've already had a new paint job. You've noticed right at the beginning of the, of the pandemic and new decor and painting out in the, the lobby and hallway. But we're gonna need to replace the carpet. The carpet has well, been well-worn and has held up very well. This is, this is unique to when the building was first constructed. So it's just time. It's just time. And so when we replace the carpet, we're going to expand the stage. In case you haven't noticed, there's a lot of musicians and singers. And when you add the choir back in here on 11 o'clock service. So we're going to expand the stage some. We're going to add new carpet with the help of the Lord. And we'll change the seating to match it all up. And we're going to do this together. You say, Pastor, how are we going to do this? I found this scripture the other day and I wrote it down. It says, God gives seed to the sower. As we step out and we expand ministry and we do things, God's going to provide the resources to do it. Amen? Isn't that an awesome thought? He gives seed to the sower. I'm reminded when we needed to put this roof on right at the beginning of this pandemic. And we had an X amount of money in the, I think we had like $20,000 in the building fund to go towards it. And the price was going to be about $42,000, $43,000. And I sent out one letter to all of you. We weren't even having church during that time. We had to be closed. And I was amazed at how God provided the resources. And you responded. And we put on a $43,000 paid cash for it roof right in the middle of a pandemic. Isn't God faithful? Isn't God faithful? He gives seed to the sower. The other big project that's on the horizon, this is just phase one. I, I'm not gonna overwhelm you with my dreams. <laughs> I do have some. We'll get to that next year, Lord willing. This is phase one. It's the parking lot. We, we were gonna, you know, just again, just the age of when everything was built, it's time to, to resurface it and, and do all of that and, and we're gonna, with the help of the Lord, he's gonna help us get that done, amen? And we're investing. These are investments that will be decades long of investment for the glory of God's kingdom. So I'm gonna close it out this morning. As we make these long-term investments, I'm gonna ask us to pray about our stewardship to God, our tithing, our offerings, our donations to the building fund. I want us to pray about our faith and allow God to work in our hearts and our lives and our families. What does God want to do in our hearts and in our lives and, and in our families? I want us to pray about our unity. Because I believe we are unified, for, first and foremost. But I believe that the only thing that's going to stop us, or that could stop us, it's not going to. But the only thing that could stop us as a congregation would to become less unified than we are. Is that all right? And sometimes when God starts blessing and when things start changing and, and God's moving the church forward, sometimes the enemy will come in and he'll, he'll try to cause 
a pulling apart and misunderstanding. But we're gonna pray for unity, amen? We're gonna love each other and we're gonna press towards the mark and the high calling of God. How beautiful it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And I thank God for the unity in this church and the love and the care and the concern. And we're not gonna lose that, are we? We're gonna hold on to that. It's a precious, precious thing. I'm reminded of that song that's been sung here. I think it's kind of a entrenched generational song here. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together with love. So we look to the future. And here's how I want us to start. They can put that final slide up if they want to. Let me tell you what I was originally gonna do and how I was originally gonna close out Vision Sunday. We have sign-up sheets up here in the front. We have a sign-up sheet that corresponds with the prayer initiative. We have a a sign-up sheet that corresponds with something called growth track that I'm gonna ask everybody to sign up for and to go through with Pastor Jacob. We have invitation cards that I was gonna ask each one of you to get a few and invite some families. There were all these practical applications that I was gonna ask you to do this morning. And we'll get to all of that. We're ready for that. While I was in jail, Pastor Jacob and Amy set up all this for us so it'd be ready that we can sign up and do. But the Lord changed my mind the other morning as I was watching our, our general overseer preach and he came to the end of his sermon And he was preaching about how we need the power of God in our lives. And I thought about that song we sang in here on a Thursday morning. Come Holy Spirit, I need you. Come sweet spirit, we pray. So before we sign up for anything... And before we think that it's gonna be us that does the work and it's us that carries out the vision that God has for this house, we're gonna recognize him. Is that all right this morning? And we're gonna close this way. We're gonna close in recognition to God and say, God, we need you. Anybody in the house need God? We're gonna close this morning by saying, God, I need you in my personal life. Can I get an amen this morning? We're gonna say, God, I need you in my family. Anybody need need him in your family? And we're gonna say, God, we need you in our church. And we're gonna recognize that it is God who does the work. I'm reminded of that passage of scripture. It said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We'll get to all these practical things. I'll be asking you to do so many things you're gonna get sick of. No, I'm just kidding. Hopefully not that bad. But before we start putting our feet into the marching orders, we're gonna look to the general in chief, the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that all right this morning? So would you stand with me today? I don't wanna be like that runner who started well, who ran well, but didn't finish well. And I believe this morning, God has a task for us as individuals to finish well. You say, pastor, I didn't necessarily start well. I haven't necessarily ran well. Well, get in the race today. Amen. We can get, that's what grace is for. That's what the mercy of God is for. Run the race and look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Do we still believe Jesus changes lives? That's what all this is all about right here. 
I could just throw this over to the side and just say, we need to see the Holy Spirit change hearts and lives in our families and in our community again. Come Holy Spirit, we need you. Come sweet Spirit, we pray. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? And would you just begin to pray right where you are? Would you just begin to ask the Lord to help you to see the vision he has for your life and to step towards it? And would you just invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to lead you and to guide you and to empower you? God, we just pray together this morning. All over this building, Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, we thank you, God, that we're not here by accident. We thank you, God, we are here by divine design and and has been ordained by you. We thank you, God, that you have a plan for every heart and every life in this church. And God, we pray that we would run the race that is set before us. God, those that might be weary this morning, would you stretch down your hand of strength and anointing and lift them up and get them back in the race. Some, God, that maybe have veered off the track, maybe in rebellion, maybe in in just being lax, maybe just doing their own thing. But Holy Spirit, this morning, would you draw them back to the race of life, to the race of the Christian life, and put them towards you, God. God, move in our church. God, we are praying for changed lives. Don't let it be business as usual, God. Don't let it be going through the motions. But Holy Spirit, have your way in this church. Holy Spirit, empower us. Embolden us. Increase us. Use us for your glory. Come Holy Spirit, we need you. God, we pray that our church would be a New Testament church in every aspect. Every aspect, God. Let us be that church that you have described in the New Testament. Let us be filled with your power and with your presence and your anointing. Let us boldly, boldly proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us effectively proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, we are praying for the children of this church. We are praying for the grandchildren of this church. We are praying for the great-grandchildren of this church. And God, we are not going to accept anything less than their salvation. We're standing on your promises, God. Draw them back to you. Draw them back to you. Every child, every grandchild, every great-grandchild, Holy Spirit, arrest their hearts. Intervene. Rock their world if need be. Draw them back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mighty great things, oh God, by your power and by your spirit. And Lord, in our lives, in our families, in our church, God, let us look back and say, as the psalmist said, this is marvelous. This is the work of the Lord and it is marvelous, marvelous in our eyes. Holy Spirit, we publicly commit this church to you. Holy Spirit, we publicly honor you and we commit this church to your leadership, to your empowerment. Have your divine right away. Operate in this church. Operate through this church. This is your house, God. This is your house. And in these last days, use us, God, the way you desire to use us. God, this world around us so needs a church 
that is filled with love and that is filled with the Holy Spirit and that is filled with the Word of God. And let us be that church, God. Let us be that church in these last days. Don't let us stop short. God, let us not stop short, not even an inch short of what you have for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name.